Hi, it's Larry from Hawthorne Bank. You know, our goal is to put as many friendly faces in more familiar places all over town as we can. At Hawthorne Bank, we'll continue to do what we can for our community, our schools, and our nonprofit organizations. Hawthorne Bank cares. Member FDIC, Equal Housing Lender. Dan Asbell, I'm the deacon of the week this week. Uh, my number's up on the screen if you all need any help uh, throughout the week or uh, have anything uh, I can pray for you for, uh, just reach out to me, uh, call or text. Um, uh, transportation committee is wanting us to ask if there is any, anyone interested in being a van driver on Sunday mornings. They're needing to uh, plug a few holes there, uh, really get as many people as possible uh, to spread out the number of Sundays. Uh, so if you're interested in that. And then there's also been some interest in um, handicapped transportation uh, Sunday mornings. Um, and that's, that will involve some different things, another vehicle, uh, possibly some different licensing. Uh, so we're, they're trying to gauge uh, interest in driving for that as well. If they can get enough people involved, then they'll look into uh, uh, pursuing that. Um, and then I also wanted to uh, plug the children's ministry this morning. Uh, they're always looking for volunteers in children's ministry. Um, reaching uh, kids and their families is such a, an important part of uh, the life of the church. And uh, it takes a lot of volunteers. And there's, uh, there's lots of ways to get involved on Sunday mornings, uh, Tuesday evenings at CR and uh, Wednesday nights for Cherub Choir and Kingdom Kids. Uh, so if you're interested in that, uh, reach out to Michaela and she can get you plugged in. Uh, let's go to the Lord in prayer. Uh, Lord, we thank you uh, so much for the opportunity to be here, um, worshiping you and uh, learning about you. Um, 
just uh, pray that you would be with our church as we um, uh, get ready to uh, start our small groups for experiencing God. Just open our hearts to uh, your word and um, help us to see the ways uh, that you're working around us and give us the faith and the courage to join in and, and do the work that you have prepared for us, Lord. Uh, we thank you for Pastor Pat and just uh, be with him as he delivers the message this morning. And we just uh, thank you so much for all the um, uh, love and blessings that you provide for us each day. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen. Would you remain standing as we read our gospel reading aloud together? Hey, one little thing before we read. I noticed that we have, uh, we're adding chairs at the back of the room. Let's start getting into the habit on Sunday mornings of scooting in so that the uh, empty seats are filled in the middle and we have empty seats on the edge. Is that good? We good with that? All right. That's a good problem. Let's read aloud together. After six days, Jesus took with him Peter, James, and John, the brother of James, and led them up a high mountain by themselves. There he was transfigured before them. His face shone like the sun, and his clothes became as white as the light. Just then there appeared before them Moses and Elijah, talking with Jesus. Peter said to Jesus, Lord, it is good for us to be here. If you wish, I will put up three shelters, one for you, one for Moses, and one for Elijah. While he was still speaking, a bright cloud covered them, and a voice from the cloud said, This is my son, whom I love. With him I am well pleased. Listen to him. When the disciples heard this, they fell down to the ground, terrified. But Jesus came and touched them. Get up, he said. Don't be afraid. When they looked up, they saw no one except Jesus. As they were coming down the mountain, Jesus instructed them, Don't tell anyone what you have seen until the Son of Man has been raised from the dead. Matthew 17, 1 through 9. Amen. You may be seated. These next songs are prayers. As we sing, let's pray and uh, speak to the Lord and and just ask him uh, what we're singing.
Continue praising as we read together uh, our psalm reading. The Lord reigns, let the nations tremble. He sits enthroned between the cherubim. Let the earth shake. Great is the Lord in Zion. He is exalted over all the nations. Let them praise your great and awesome name. He is holy. The king is mighty. He loves justice. You have established equity. In Jacob, you have done what is just and right. Exalt the Lord our God and worship at his footstool. He is holy. Moses and Aaron were among his priests. Samuel was among those who called on his name. They called on the Lord and he answered them. He spoke to them from the pillar of cloud. They kept his statutes and the decrees he gave them. Lord, our God, you answered them. You were to Israel a forgiving God, though you punished their misdeeds. Exalt the Lord, our God, and worship at his holy mountain, for the Lord, our God, is holy. Psalm 99.
Hebrews chapter 11 this morning. Hebrews chapter 11 is where we're going to be today. Uh, today's the beginning of our experiencing God emphasis. I know some of you have already jumped into your books. Last night, my daughter, I thought, was in bed. And uh, I looked up on the kind of the balcony there and I could see an arm. And, uh, and she was doing her experiencing God study before she went to bed. And so if you've never done this before, uh, this book is intense. 
Uh, it's not the Bible, but it is an incredible tool to help us experience the God of the Bible. So it's not too late. These are available. There's a sign-up table in the lobby. If you're not in a home group yet, it's not too late to jump in and uh, to get involved in that. And so today we begin a multi-week journey. Uh, the sermons will kind of parallel what the book is doing. If the only thing you can do is come to big church, if the only thing you can do is come to worship, uh, the prayer is that you will be uh, able to track along with some of these incredible themes uh, that the Lord has given to a family last name Blackaby. Uh, some folks have said, well, do you agree with everything the Blackabees say? And my answer is, I don't always agree with everything that I say, you know. And so listen, we bring everything back to the word. We bring everything back to who God is. I was at first, uh, I was first exposed to the teachings of experiencing God when I was in college, and it, it forever shifted my perspective. When I was packing up my, my pastoral office books this last week in Broken Arrow, uh, I ran across the, the workbook that my wife Becca used, her Experiencing God workbook from when she was a teenager. And so if you've never been on this journey, it's going uh, to be a rush as we journey through this and hear from the Lord. So today we'll begin in Hebrews chapter 11. Uh, the book of Hebrews has been called the, the sermon uh, in the church parking lot because there was persecution happening. And so that's what sort of initiates the writing of Hebrews is some people are beginning to shrink back. They're beginning to walk away from the, what they know is true from following Christ. They're disconnecting from that. And so right before Hebrews chapter 11, it's an incredible passage saying, listen, persevere. Right after Hebrews chapter 11, it says, persevere, right? Fix your eyes on Jesus Christ, the author and the perfecter of, his, of our faith. And in the middle is this incredible chapter um, on faith. And so today I'm going to read just the first two verses, then we're going to skip down and read just a little bit about Moses this morning. So Hebrews chapter 11, verse 1. Now faith is confidence in what we hope for. And assurance about what we do not see. This is what the ancients were commended for. And then verse 24, down lower. By faith, Moses, when he had grown up, refused to be known as the son of Pharaoh's daughter. He chose to be mistreated along with the people of God rather than to enjoy the fleeting pleasures of sin. He regarded disgrace for the sake of Christ as of greater value than the treasures of Egypt. Because he was looking ahead to his reward. That's the word of God this morning. Today's message is entitled simply, The Seven Realities of Experiencing God. Let me pray for us as we jump into the text this morning. Uh, Father God, we thank you, Lord, for who you are. Um, God, we thank you for your word, Father. We pray today, God, that incredible song we just sang about abiding uh, Lord, we just want to, to be still, Father. We know, Lord, outside this room, uh, it's, it's a crazy world, Father. But, Lord, we, uh, God, believe that you are still changing lives. Lord, you are still speaking, Father, to hearts through circumstances and prayer and from your word. And so today, Father, um, God, would you help us, Lord, uh, to begin to think through uh, what you uh, helped the, the Blackabees discover about these seven realities of experiencing you. These things we pray in Jesus' name. Amen. Well, back to the top of Hebrews chapter 11. What is faith? 
What is this thing called faith? It's, it, we're told throughout this chapter, it's by faith. All these people of the Old Testament did these incredible things. So what is faith? It says, faith is confidence in what we hope for. Well, what does that mean? It's assurance of what we don't yet see. Okay, well, what does that mean? Verse 2 tells us it's by faith. It's by this that the, the ancient believers, the believers of the Old Testament were commended, that they, they were made right with God by this thing called faith. Well, what is faith? In one sense, faith is the most natural thing in the world. I mean, we have faith that uh, our alarm clocks will wake us up. Uh, we have faith that uh, the weatherman will occasionally be right. Uh, we have faith that, uh, you know, when we push the brakes on our car, that our cars will slow down. Uh, we have faith that the chair that you sat in, you probably didn't do a structural analysis of the chair you sat in this morning. You just had faith in it. And so you plopped right down there where you sit. We have faith. But here's the deal with general faith. It's not foolproof. Uh, alarm clocks don't always go off. The weatherman rarely gets it right. When chairs break, our bottoms hit the floor, right? And so that is not biblical faith. Biblical faith is something completely different. Notice in verse 1, faith is the confidence in what we hope for. It's, it's the certainty. It's the substance. Biblical faith gives, it gives content. It gives something we can get a hold of to something that we've been hoping for. It's, it's this assurance but we don't yet have it. And if you're like, what? How do I get a hold of this in my life? Uh, verse 2 to me is very helpful. It says, for by this the ancients were commended, right? So the question is, what did the ancients, what did the believers of the Old Testament hope in? Right? And, and how do I hope in that? What were they uh, looking for? Faith is not just this thing. Uh, faith has an object, amen? And it is the Lord. And so when I think about faith, I always go back to one of my childhood heroes, um, Indiana Jones. Uh, aspects of his life, not hero worthy. But I just thought as a kid, it was so cool. This guy's the coolest archaeologist ever. You know, he adventures around. He's got a whip. I had a little string I carried on my hip as a child for a while. Uh, I just, I loved this guy. And so in the movie, The Last Crusade, Indiana Jones and his dad are searching for the so-called Holy Grail. And uh, don't get your theology from Indiana Jones, right? It's a movie. But there's this incredible scene where he's going through these tests to try to get to the Holy Grail. And the scene on the screen, he finds himself at the edge of this huge cliff. I mean, it's this massive chasm. And there is no way across. And all he knows, all he has for instruction is this diary, this book from his dad that says, just jump. Right? Uh, only a leap from right here. If you jump from here, it, that's how you're going to get across. And he's looking at this going, nobody can, can make that jump. There's no way that this is going to happen. Now, spoiler alert, he does make it across in the movie. Now, this is a great illustration of biblical faith, but I want everybody to look right here. This is not a great illustration of faith just because he took the step. This is a great illustration of faith in why he took the step. I mean, no right person would walk up to that and go, you know, I just think I'm going to step out here into the chasm, right? No one would do that. So why, why did Indiana Jones do that? Because he had this book from his dad. He said, I don't know how I'm going to get across this, but I'm going to follow the instructions my dad gave me. 
And that is how the ancients were commended. They also had a book from their dad who's way better than Sean Connery ever thought about being, right? And so, the, I mean, there's this book, this book is true. And so they knew what to hope for because God had spoken to them. Hebrews 1.1, the book of Hebrews begin. It says, in the past, God has spoken to us at many times in many different ways through the prophets and through our forefathers. They knew what to hope for because they listened to God. God said, this is what I want you to hope in. Faith is the confidence in what we hope for. See, faith is not wishful thinking. It simply is us saying, I'm going to believe that I have a sure word from a God who is always faithful to every promise he has made. Raise your hand if you've ever heard of faith, like blind faith. Listen, Christianity is a seeing faith. Okay, so here's the deal. Right, He had the book, and he believed in the picture, so he walked by faith. Here's what I want us to see about faith this morning. Biblical faith isn't a blind leap into the unknown. It's walking in the promises God has made known. We're not just weird people going, well, we hope this all turns out okay. We're going, we've got a book. We've got a word from the Lord, and so God, help us. Help us simply to trust you to live out what you've called us to live. I love that old song, Standing on the Promises. But we don't just stand on them, we walk in them. We trust in them. We let them shape how we live. Again, biblical faith is it's not a blind leap into this unknown. It, Christianity is a seeing faith. We have a sure word from God. Biblical faith is walking in the promises that God has made known. And so now skip down to verse 24. And, and again, we're just looking overview today, but look at what it says about Moses here. It says that by faith that Moses, uh, when he'd grown up, he refused to be known as the son of Pharaoh's daughter. You know, all the backstory there, Pharaoh was killing all the children, and, and, and his parents by faith hid him, and he's discovered by Pharaoh's daughter. He grows up as a prince of Egypt. I mean, he's trained in the highest schools. His mom is there around as well, and so he's got kind of Hebrew world. He's got Egyptian world. I mean, he's got the best of everything educationally. He would have had all the money. He, he doesn't want for anything, but there comes this moment where his, his Hebrewness begins to his identity in who the Lord has actually called him to be, begins to take precedent over all else. He turned away from a life of comfort and privilege and said, I think, I think rather than comfort, I'd like to choose discomfort. Rather than plenty, I'd like to be in once. Rather than everything being fairly easy, I'd like everything to be really difficult. Rather than most people liking me, I'd like to be persecuted or not. Persecuted a lot. And to which we may say, what's wrong with him? Like, what, why, what kind of trade is that Moses? And that's what verse 26 tells us. Why did Moses do this? Why did he live by faith in this sacrificial way for the things of God? Verse 26, Moses regarded disgrace for the sake of Christ as of greater value than the treasures of Egypt because he was looking ahead to his reward. Living by faith means that Yes, we, we, we make temporary decisions. I mean, we go to work and we do those kind of things. But we try to make temporary decisions in light of eternity, in light of who God has called us to be. And in the life of Moses, uh, we see this incredible pattern for how we too could experience God in our own lives. 
Now, I'd love to tell you this is a formula you can put in your spiritual calculator and it tells you who to marry or where to go to college or whether to get treatments or not, right? That's not how this works necessarily. But, but God wants to guide us far more than I think most of us listen. He wants to lead us. He put his spirit inside of us. He's given us a word, and he wants to bring all that together. And so this whole series is based around what the Blackabees called these seven realities of experiencing God. And again, that little stick drawing changed my life as a college student. And you may hear this whole process and go, well, duh. For me as a college student, I was like, what? Like this, this is how this might work. And so just, again, 30,000-foot view today, I want to fly through these seven realities of experiencing God. Reality number one, it just says simply, God is always at work around you. You heard that in Dan's prayer this morning. God is always at work around you. God did not create the world and then walk away from it. God is involved. He's bringing history to a climax. Now, because of sin, we've been separated from God, right? We get disconnected from the Lord. And so God is at work in this world to make a way for people to be made right with him. He's at work. God is doing something always. The question is, do we have the eyes to see what he is doing? For Moses, God had this plan, and again, we'll, we'll talk next week about the, 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 the exodus, and you know, they had to be like, what are we doing here? Like, is God falling asleep? They're in slavery in Egypt. No, God told Abraham, hey, listen, your ancestors, your, 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 your family down the road, they're going to go to Egypt. And so even though God's plan looked crazy, he was, he was right on time, amen? He was at work even before he called Moses. Number two, God pursues a continuing love relationship with you that is real and personal. God pursues a continuing love relationship with you that is real and personal. God created you for a relationship with him. Um, if we're going to love God, it's not because we're awesome. It's because he's awesome. We are dead in sin. We're dead to the things of God. But God so loved, he sent. God so loved that he pursues us. God clearly demonstrates how much he loves us. If you're like, well, how would I know how much God loves me? Just look at the cross. God proved his own love for us in this, that while we were still sinners, that Christ died for us. And so God is making a way. He wants us to be in a relationship with him. And really everything else about knowing about God's will, it all starts with knowing the God of God's will. And we know the God of God's will through a personal relationship with Jesus Christ. We'll spend a week on each one of these. So hang on. Here we go. Reality number three. God invites you to become involved with him in his work. God invites you to become involved with him in his work, right? As the sovereign king of the universe, because God already has plans, when we come to Christ, God doesn't tell us, come up with some plans and I'm going to bless them. God just wants us to come and say, Lord, what is your plan? Why am I here? What is your will? And here's what you can be certain of. God loves to call us the things that there is no way we could do by ourselves. 
Remember, it's, like, it's that abide song. It's what we talked about last week. God wants us to come to the end of ourselves so we learn how truly trustworthy he is. That's what it is to walk by faith. And so God invites us to become involved with him. In Exodus, Moses was the one through whom God was going to do all these incredible things. And so the burning bush, right, next couple weeks we'll talk about it. God invites Moses to be a part of that. And I think this is huge. When you are in a situation and God reveals where he is working, you are seeing that because your ability to see that is the invitation to jump right in with what God is doing. And we'll talk about that more in the coming weeks. Reality number four, God speaks by the Holy Spirit through the Bible, prayer, circumstances, and the church to reveal himself, his purposes, and his ways. Right? We believe as Christians, God has spoken. That's a testimony of Scripture from Genesis to Revelation. And the Spirit of God uses the Word of God to do the work of God in the world and in His people. The Holy Spirit will use the Bible, prayer, circumstances, and His church. Right? How does it resonate among believers you know to reveal His purposes? And all that's got to come back to the Word, and we'll talk about that a couple weeks in this series. How do we really hear from the Lord? But the prayer is just simply, oh God, would you give us ears to hear what you're saying? Would you give us eyes to see where you're at work? Would you give us hearts, Father, that by your grace are simply saying, here I am, Lord. Would you speak, and would you make me willing to obey? Reality five, God's invitation for you to work with him always leads you to a crisis of belief that requires faith in action. Again, God-sized tasks are God-sized dimensions. And so there's this moment where you kind of go, oh, my goodness, do I really believe that God can do the things with me and through me that I think he's calling me to do? Am I willing to believe that God is going to be faithful uh, on what he's called me to do? Now, sometimes God calls us to very ordinary things, right? Just be faithful in the little stuff. But we've got to continue coming back to that. God, am I going to do it or am I not? And I love this. When God asks you to do something, that's the crisis. And, and the question, no matter what you would say, the question is just, do you believe God enough to respond? Do you trust him enough to respond? And, and if you do, then reality six, you must make major adjustments in your life to join God in what he is doing uh, Moses left his uh, job of shepherding. He left his extended family. He, he went um, out of what had become somewhat of a normal life in Midian into the chaos of having a showdown with the gods of Egypt and Pharaoh. Keep in mind, he's going back into that situation in a sense as a fugitive, right? Because he, he murdered uh, when he was younger. And so he goes back, again, trusting that God is going to do. Moses had to make major changes in his life to join in what God is doing. Would Moses say it was worth it? You bet he would. He'd say, listen, yes, right? So again, Hebrews 11, he looked at all it was going to cost him and said, oh, but the treasure of living for Christ. Oh, the treasure of knowing Christ. Number seven, all this builds to this reality that you come to know God by experience as you obey him, and as he accomplishes his work through you. 
And so as you journey through this process, my family and I, uh, we, uh, this is a whole other side story. Um, several weeks ago, we put down some money to buy a miniature wiener dog. Um, our older wiener dog had, had died, and so I said, we're not getting another dog. And the Lord was like, here's a dog. And so uh, anyway, here's what's dumb. This is dumb. We put a payment down on this little dog, but we don't have a house. That's dumb, right? Now listen, I was saying that to Miss Lois this morning, and she's like, yeah, but, but you know that if God has called you here, he's going to finish and get you what you need to step in obedience. And so even this week, my family is going, wow, our house MBA is it's under contract, and we've, we, we got a closing date here, and like things are coming together. None of that we had in our hands when a couple weeks ago, even last Sunday, right? But as you walk by faith, God's going to do his end of the deal. He's going to bring things together. Now, it's been said that, that prayer is what brings us into what God wants us to do. And so um, don't, don't get into invitation mode, but here's what we're going to do. Um, I'm going to surrender the rest of my preaching time this morning to a time of extended prayer where we're just going to ask the Lord to, God, here we are. This is the journey. What better way to begin a journey like this? Then for us just to pause a few minutes and pray together. I'm going to invite Jeff Lowe, if he would come up. Jeff is the prayer coordinator for our Experiencing God leadership team. And so we reached out to him this week and said, brother, would you come and would you give us some things? So he's going to give us the picture and the why. And then I'm going to lead us through an extended prayer time here over the next few minutes. So is that all working for you? Well... It should be good. Hello. There you go. It's on? It's on. Okay. Yes, sir. All right. Well, um, we're just going to talk for a little bit uh, here about um, what the Lord's doing with prayer, with the prayer team, and uh, just three themes here that you can see on, on the board um, to pray about this morning. And the first one is overcome. And, and for me... Um, when, when I stop to think about experiencing God um, and start to pray about it, I immediately am concerned about all of the things that many will have to overcome. Um, for some, it's, it's just signing up. Uh, there's too many things going on right now, or they're too busy, or childcare, or whatever the case may be. I can't, I can't do that right now. It's too late. I'm already behind. I mean, we've all been there, and I can say that because I've been there myself in, in different times for signing up for things. So that's the first obstacle, um, is overcoming that particular step of signing up. And then beyond that particular step is staying up with the study. And I'm telling you, and this is nothing new to any of you, but if you're signed up and you start the study, at some point, you'll be behind. And at that point, there will be this voice that says, I told you not to sign up. <clears throat> you don't have time for this. And <clears throat> you're going to want to just check it in uh, or just maybe, uh, again, just <clears throat> um, show up. And so overcoming that obstacle, because if, you, if you're going to decide then what you're going to do, that's too late. 
decide now, that time when it comes up that I realize I'm behind, I'm not going to quit. I'm going to start right back up and just let the Lord lead me through that. I'm going to overcome that obstacle through the Lord's help. Um, and then the spiritual growth, uh, the obstacles that, I mean, Satan does not want one person in this church to go through experiencing God. So there will be many obstacles, many times comparing ourselves to someone else, not wanting to, uh, not wanting to speak, maybe in the group, not wanting to share. Um, we just have to commit right now to just letting the Lord lead. We're going to overcome through the Spirit's help, not, um, not even by our own power, our own will. We're just going to decide before it starts. So if you haven't signed up yet, it's not too late. If you can't do it, and there are some of you that cannot do it, um, you can still do it by yourself uh, or maybe with a friend. It's not too late to do that. You'll get Pastor Pat's sermons along the way to kind of bring you together, but uh, don't give that up. If you signed up and haven't heard from your host home yet, let Barry know. Uh, your host, not your host home. Homes don't speak, do they? But the host should have contacted you or maybe is trying to and hasn't, so let Barry know if you haven't heard from your host home. If you need a book, speak up. Uh, they're here, and we want to be sure that you get one. The second thing is connecting. Um, I mean, the Bible tells us to stir each other, uh, to spur each other on, and every face in this room right now has an amazing story, an amazing story to tell. And we miss that so much because of life, of all the things that we're, we're obligated to. Um, but for 12 weeks to meet with brothers and sisters, you know, eight or 10 or 12, whatever your group has, and hear the stories and share what the Lord is saying to them through the Holy Spirit is amazing. And um, I'm just going to tell you, usually what it looks like from the outside is not exactly what's going on on the inside. And um, I'm not revealing any great new revelation there, but um, man, I, I, I can't think of a time where I regret getting to know somebody better. And I think the Lord will bless that time for us. Um, forever, if God never changes and God never forgets, then when you pray, that prayer lasts forever. Isn't that amazing? When you speak to God, he never forgets. And the changes that can come through uh, the study um, could could be forever for each of us um, the, as we learn. Uh, it, it's not magic. It's not, um, and Pastor Pat touched on it earlier, it's not so much um, experiencing God, but there is no doubt the Spirit has revealed some things to the Blackabees that they put in this book. And 12 weeks, what, I mean, quick, quick math would tell us we've got, what, a few 4,000 weeks, a few over 4,000 weeks most of us will have on this earth. What about 12 of those 
five days through each of those weeks for 20 or 30 minutes and then getting together with our group to change our relationship with God. And those 12 weeks won't just be for the 4,000 here. That's forever. Amen. And for some, um, I, I just know how it works because I've been in those shoes, but for some, the thought would be, I don't know enough. I won't know what to say. Um, I'm not really a Bible person. You don't have to be. I, when I, I, was, I was out in the lobby when we got here this morning, walked in, and there's something itching me through my shirt. So I reached in, and I grabbed this out. True story. It's a tooth. <laughs> so what's that tell me? I haven't had this shirt on for a while. <laughs> right? That's one of my kids' tooths. I don't even know which one. I showed it to Amber. She said, put it back. <laughs> I don't know which kid's tooth this is. All I know is I wore this short shirt the last time a long time ago and not for very long. All right? Sometimes when we pick up our Bible, you might find a tooth in there. Because it's been a long time since you've opened it. But that does not disqualify you from the experiencing God study. So if you're thinking about it and haven't signed up, um, that's between you and the Lord. Again, some of you can't. But for those of you that can, um, what about 12 weeks to, I mean, I don't know that. I'll finish up, Pat. I'm sorry here. Um, I think all of us want to know God better. I think if, if, if we could step aside into our mind with nobody else in the room, go, do I want to know God better? Yes, I absolutely do. That's the spirit at work inside you who wants to know you better also. So I yield. Uh, thank you, brother. So here, here's what we're going to do. Um, these altars are open for prayer. Um, you can assume a posture there in your seat. Um, if you're here today and you don't yet know Christ, uh, man, during this prayer time, you may be like, man, I, these folks around me are talking to somebody out there. Listen, the invisible God wants to reveal himself to you in a saving way today. If you recognize your sin, um, I'm going to be praying up front, but I'd love for you to interrupt anything I may be praying about. And, and so this is prayer. It's invitation. We're going to sing here in just a minute. But if you would bow your heads right where you are, um, you can come forward, you can stay there, you can kneel. What, what posture do you need to get in in these moments to best interact with the Lord? I'm going to give some stillness and then pray through these three things. Father God, in the busyness of, of life, Father, um, we so often just stop to listen. But God, prayer is a two-way street, Lord. It's, it's communication. Uh, yes, we talk to you. But God, through your word, through circumstances, through prayer, Father, we want to hear back from you. So, Father, would you unite our hearts in these moments, Lord, to, to pray about that idea of overcoming.
Father, none of us need just one more thing to put on our calendar. But as, as Jeff just said, we, we do all need greater closeness with you. And so, Father, what does that mean for every heart praying this morning? Father, would you help us, Lord, right now to commit and say, um, I'm going to hit the speed bumps. I'm going to press through the hard times. God, I'm not just going to start this journey with you. God, I'm going to finish this journey with you. Father, as we talk about connecting, or there's, there's something in us that um, so desperately wants to be known. And God, there's usually something in us that's a little bit afraid about being known, Father. We've all uh, got struggles. We've all got things, Lord, that we're going through. Father, there's no one in this church that's perfect yet. And God, you, you use relationships for discipleship where we sharpen each other in you. Your spirit, uh, your spiritual gifts, Father, that the gifts of Christ are divided among the body. There are things that are going to be discussed in these studies, Father, that, Lord, we need to hear how you're speaking to one another. And so, Father, I pray, Lord, for each person, God, whatever the current level of connectedness is to those around them this morning. Father, would you make that stronger in the weeks to come? Lord, help us, Father, to connect, uh, to abide more deeply with you than ever before. And to connect with one another, Father. And Lord, this idea of forever. Father, um, Lord, what a, what a challenge, Father. Whatever 4,000 weeks or whatever we have on this planet, in this life, God, these next 12 weeks could change the other 3,000 or whatever, Father. God, as we live for your glory. And Father, Lord, spiritual highs come and go, these, these warm and fuzzy moments, Lord, in a church service, and we praise you for how your spirit moves in and through that. But God, we want to be made permanently different. Father, we know, Lord, that you've predestined us to be conformed to the likeness of Christ. That's the end game. And so, Lord, help us to be a people that just jump completely onto your potter's wheel these next 12 weeks. What do you want to do in our lives? Father, as we pursue you, thank you that you first pursue us. That gives us the opportunity to respond. That gives us the opportunity to receive. Father, as, as we enter into a song just to, to soak in what we've learned today, to, to continue listening to what you might say, Father, for those that don't yet know you, Father, we pray, Lord, that they'd uh, come down front and, and, and let's have a conversation about what it is to trust you in salvation. Father, for those that know you, the question that is always in front of us is what is the next step of obedience? 
in how you're wanting to work in and through our lives, Father. So God, would your spirit, uh, Lord, be thick in these moments in this place as we stand, as we stand to say, Lord, here I am, ears open, eyes open, heart open. Father, would you speak? Would you move in our lives and would we surrender? These things we pray in Jesus' name. Amen. Would you stand as we respond this morning? We'd love the chance to talk down here, down front. These altars are still open for prayer. Um, Joey's right here if you want to talk to him. What's God doing in your heart today and how can we help?